How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits? Every week our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now here's your host, Brad Costanzo. All right, got a cool show for you today. This is Brad, and today we're going to talk about drugs, smart drugs. Before we jump into the uh, introduction, though, I want to let you know that I'm actually looking to hire a marketing intern. Uh, I'm going to be looking at different places, but I want to do two things with this. I'm looking for somebody who's really eager to learn about digital marketing, e-commerce, uh, building an offer, doing a little bit of a lot, and really diving in to see what um, you know is behind the scenes in a in a in a new business. I am launching a brand new business. I do need some help, and I figured I can go out there and just search around and hire, or I can see if there's anybody who may want to work with me one-on-one and my team uh, as an intern and learn a lot, get a ton of resources. And if you are in college, you can do this you know, potentially for college credit. I don't know. We can talk about that. But also, you can see what it takes to launch a new business from the ground floor I um, don't have a lot of details that I'm going to give out to you on the podcast, but if you want more information on this or you are interested in potentially working with me and my team, simply send an email with uh, who you are and a little basic resume to askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com and I will uh, get back to you. I answer all those emails. And if you're not already a subscriber on the show, go ahead and hit subscribe on iTunes or jump on the newsletter over at baconwrapbusiness.com. All right, so have you ever seen the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper, where one pill makes him a super genius with also crazy side effects? Have you taken Adderall, Modanafil, Ritalin, or any other drugs that help you focus? And do you have trouble with focus, motivation, burnout? I mean, if you're an entrepreneur, we all do, and we're all looking for the edge. Well, then this epicizzle is going to be just what the doctor ordered, and that doctor is Dr. Andrew Hill. He's the lead neuroscientist for True Brain and a co-founder of Alternatives Addiction Treatment. He's recently opened a Peak Brain Performance Center in L.A. named the Peak Brain Institute. He's joined by Chris Thompson, the founder and CEO of the company True Brain, who's an online food tech brand leveraging neurotechnology to disrupt the energy drink market with functional beverages that support direct focus instead of caffeine-induced alertness. Now, we're going to discuss a lot of things today, and I'm recording this little introduction after the uh, interview that I did, but let me just tell you a little bit about what you're going to learn about. We're going to discuss the myths and realities of products like the Limitless Pill, what nootropics can do for your brain, and why you may want to look into using them. We're going to talk about the safety of today's nootropics, the role of caffeine in your regimen, how to make coffee work better for you, how nootropics differ from legal and illegal stimulants like meth and these things that just play on dopamine and do bad things for your brain, and just how to get better brain performance overall. So I've personally used different nootropic regimens for the past three years, and that's why I invited Dr. Hill and Chris Thompson on the show today so I could pick their true brains clean and learn how to get the most out of my noggin. So let's get over to them. 
All right, guys, so welcome to the program. I'm really excited to jump into this and really understand more for very personal curiosity reasons, you know, how to optimize my productivity, my performance, my natural brain state. And I know that there's people listening who have probably seen that movie with Bradley Cooper called Limitless, uh, thinking that there's a, a pill out there that they can take that makes them instantly an Einstein. I know that's not what this is about, but I would love for you to kind of address that, like does that exist? And then how does that compare to some of the technology and some of the pharmacotechnology that's out there today? Yeah, um, the short answer is no, that, that there's no limitless pill out there. Um, in, in general, you have to think about the way the brain works. Um, we have the ability to marshal resources for demand, but not to necessarily keep ramping uh, performance up or even keep ramming, uh, ramping physiologic arousal up. And so drugs or compounds that tend to really boost um, attending or learning um, are usually things that support dopamine um, or acetylcholine. And dopamine, I mean, the, uh, most of the listeners probably have some experience with dopaminergics. Anything that's a stimulant generally has some effect on dopamine. Um, and things that are really dramatically dopaminergic would be considered like the, um, the Ritalin and Adderall class of uh, psychostimulants. Um, which are not the same thing, but, you know, there's broad psychostimulants in that class, and they're all dopaminergic. The problem with dopamine manipulation is uh, dopamine is also the signal the brain learns from in terms of salience or finding things important or interesting. And what that means is drugs that are dopaminergic and that they manipulate dopamine um, tend to produce learning around that drug. What I mean by that is uh, addiction. So anything dramatically dopaminergic produces tolerance and habituation very quickly. And the strongest dopaminergics um, would be the sort of uh, drugs of abuse, like meth, cocaine, etc. And these things produce a dramatic feeling of reward, interest in the dopamine. But then they cause a second hit of learning because it's a dopamine signal that uses to learn what's important. And what you end up with is sort of double learning from these uh, these stimulant class of compounds. And very quickly you have um, uh, tolerance that builds up as the first thing. And then you have withdrawal. And, and tolerance and withdrawal, uh, you know, the, the essentially are two sides of the same coin, and we call that coin addiction. Um, other things yeah. are gently supporting of dopamine, um, but uh, – and actually finding something interesting in the world, finding something you – know, fascinating that's dopamine you're feeling too uh but none of the drugs out there are really sustainable without side effects and i emphasize without side effects because we're talking about nootropics and, and theoretically um nootropics improve cognition memory sleep stress response etc and if you look classically at the definitions the very first definition included things like um, nootropics needed to be neuroprotective, they needed to help cell metabolism, and they needed to have a uh, few to no side effects. And the dopaminergic class of compounds absolutely fails that last category. Um, they're addictive, they produce cardiovascular side effects, they suppress appetite, they disrupt sleep. So anything that would pr produce dramatic state shifts, and I think, again, the, the dopaminergics are the things that people think about, uh, they just aren't sustainable. There's nothing out there like an NZT, uh, like a limitless pill, where you won't get side effects if it alters you dramatically. And we're starting to get into the question about, you know, or this, this touch on the topic of human performance to remediate problems versus human performance to take a good brain and make it better. And when you're in the latter category, you know, performance hacking, peak performance driving, 
when that's your goal, you have to be very careful to not take on additional sort of side effects from your strategies. Uh, then you're sort of moving backwards. If you have a dramatic deficit of attention or sleep or stress or something, then you might need some significant drugs and you probably should be talking to your doctor about that. But if you don't have any dramatic issues and you're trying to fine tune and goose the system to get a little more performance, a little more focus, a little more calm attention, a little bit better sleep, then you have to be really walking that line of, you know, not tolerating side effects simply because of some small boost in performance or gains. Uh, and I think that's right. where nootropics, that's the sweet spot. The sweet spot is not taking nootropics and then cramming for an exam or taking nootropics and powering through, through like learning a new language or becoming a stock trader like, you know, Bradley Cooper did. Um, nootropics are uh, uh, really useful when you're taking them day in, day out. First of all, they're not a spot intervention, I think. And uh, uh, they help you do the things you're already doing. You know, if you're already somebody who powers through your day, you will find that your resources are a bit different when you have nootropics on board. But you're not going to be dramatically different. You may have a little more easy time shifting in and out of different modes. You might notice that cognitive fatigue, which is uh, the lack of willingness to engage with a cognitive task, tends to happen around 1 p.m. for most of us or 2 p.m. Um, that will be maybe less uh, of an issue for you. Or you might notice changes in you know, language production or verbal, verbal fluency, we call it. All things that the that the racetam class of nootropics, which are the heavy lifters of the nootropic world, the racetams are known for uh, producing sort of better oxygenation and better cell metabolism in a bunch of different ways. And this seems to, uh, at least subjectively, we get reports on verbal fluency, concentration, uh, and focus, and and sort of the ability to switch in and out of different modes. And that, you know, from our perspective at True Brain is really the holy grail of human performance, sustained attention, but also flexible attention. Um, you know, but before right. we hit the record button, Chris was talking a bit about the, the formula, the algorithm, the equation of what different things are required for high levels of, of performance. And that's something we're doing uh, both at True Brain and at Peak Brain, which is our brain uh, training center. Um, we have a lab, the True Brain Focus Lab, running at, at Peak Brain, and we're looking at uh, uh, quantified data. We're looking at brain waves, uh, putting very expensive um, EEG systems on people's heads and recording uh, baseline brain activity to look at how trait activity affects performance. And we're starting to look at behaving, if you will, evoked activity in the brain called ERPs. And we're starting to examine um, some of the performance metrics in the brain that we can quantify relative to sort of classic uh, brain imaging uh, studies in the literature. You know, there's, there's decades of literature on and there's a really common uh, or, or well-studied, let's say, um, phenomenon in the brain called the, the P300. So it's a wave that happens about 300 milliseconds after you see something important. And it reflects the amount of attention you're bringing online, so to speak. And uh, there's lots of great caffeine studies throughout the literature, you know, past 20, 30, 40 years, showing that caffeine modifies the P300, that it changes your attention resources. Now, again, I would say caffeine does not actually uh, meet the threat for the definition of a nootropic. But I might call it a cognitive enhancer or even a smart drug um, instead. And I think there's, there's, there's a strategy here for people to um, go after nootropics to build sort of performance, maybe to use caffeine. I'm not certainly by any means anti-caffeine. I'm anti-over-reliance on caffeine and thinking that arousal is equivalent to performance, which is 
a big mistake people make. Oh, I'm uh, not performing well. Abortion. It's not necessarily the best uh, way to go. But um, classically, caffeine is, you know, probably the most used smart drug uh, ever. And um, uh, you know, the, the TrueBrain 1.0 formula, the capsule formula, is caffeine-free. And the drink formula, formulas have both a caffeine and a no-caffeine uh, version. And initially, you know, I was sort of the hardcore neuroscientist, and Chris was the, the, the consumer package guy. Um, and I was really resistant to putting caffeine in TrueBrain. Uh, you know, we've done a lot of things with the product development to sort of uh, run counter to the snake oil that is often present in the sort of supplement industry. Um, right. And one of those things is uh, that, that we resisted doing, that we decided not to do, was to obscure ingredients, uh, obscure the amount of ingredients behind a proprietary blend label. Um, the other thing we didn't do initially in the capsules was rely on caffeine or sugar. There's no sugar in the capsule. There's no caffeine. And we get great nootropic effects, we, we, we think, from the capsule formula. But people are used to uh, modifying and hacking their brains with caffeine, obviously. And so we have a drink uh, that has a caffeine option. Well, again, we're not, not anti-caffeine, but the question then started becoming, well, you know, which of these formulas is best and which of them produces different types of brain waves and might be more uh, optimal for different types of performance environments. And so that's what we're looking at now is trying to figure out, you know, the different components that we put into TrueBrain, which, which ones are doing heavy lifting, uh, what's the, what's the uh, contribution of caffeine to the mix versus no caffeine. And we've sort of taken a, a, a step down this path of quantifying nootropics. Um, this is kind of a big deal because nootropics, by their very nature, are not things that big pharma wants to invest in. You know, a lot of them Why are. What do you well, think that is? There's many reasons, I think. I'm sure Chris has so a few They can't patent a lot of the stuff that's already that's out the, there. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest reason. You're right. I mean, paracetam has been around since like you know, 40, 50 years now. And it's so far beyond patentable because of how long it's been on the market that GSK mm-hmm. and those other big pharma companies would have no to drop. No profit motive. No profit motive. You know, why would they want to drop a million dollars in all the human clinical studies required to make it a drug for a specific disorder when they can't patent it and that money is instantly going to validate any third party wants to come in with a generic version of their drug. So that's the biggest reason. Um, the other reason is, and I'm, this may be a cynical reason, they're in this country anyway, in the Western sort of world, they have a pretty heavy machine, big pharma machine that pumps out stimulants. And um, stimulants mask symptoms and they uh, change perception performance. They don't change performance all that much for a lot of people, but they feel it. You, know, you, you feel a stimulant pretty dramatically. And so I'm of the opinion that it's easier to resell another version of Adderall, Vyvanse, Concerta, um, whatever. It's easy to, to change the molecule or take a, take a drug that's a stimulant and make it a prodrug or bind it or make it an L molecule versus the RNL uh, racemic mixtures and make a small tweak, release it again as a, as a, a patentable drug and you have, what is it, seven years of, of trailing uh, mm-hmm. profit before you have to compete with anyone. That's an easier uh, and a better established business uh, idea and hey, let's really make change in people's lives. I, I think that the the, the dollar uh, rules this one, unfortunately. Yeah, I could, I see exactly what you mean. And you know, you brought a couple couple things I want to kind of circle back to. I made some notes here as you're talking about. So first of all, with caffeine, one, mm-hmm. um, I would also imagine, you know, from a business standpoint, because I've I've given a lot of thought about this as a just as a marketer and business owner myself, like if I was going to do it, and also how I feel, like the caffeine, 
it may not necessarily be more effective, but could it be like it's more fun and it's easier to market mm-hmm. because people have that immediate stimulation. So you get a little bit of the, I mean, it's not psychosomatic, it's truly an effect, but probably I know that mentally I've tied in the um, effectiveness to the rush mm-hmm. that I get. And as a neuroscientist, you're probably like, yeah, but that's not what makes it work. It's the other stuff. But um, I can see that the stuff that gives you the rush might sell better. So you're probably always balancing that out of uh, yeah, really I mean, no, I mean, we're going to get rid of caffeine completely. In fact, like it's we don't want it in the conversation at all around anything that we do because it's clouding the fact that it's a completely different approach. I mean, caffeine will make you alert, but it's yeah. not going after the same raw material we're going after and right devices are going after. So if you look at the device Think, you know, which is backed by a uh, you know good VC or talk well, you know, sort of top VC. And they talk about it as, you know, direct neurotransmitter support. So, I mean, the only reason why we put caffeine into one of our SKUs, you know, a couple of years into the business was that people just didn't have the patience to wait around for the more subtle, you know, system. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. Effects of nootropics. So, because, you know, consumers had trouble patients to wait for that. You know, we had to put it in as a as a bridge, sort of, a, you know, a bridge to get to the benefits that are that we're really going for. They'll be able to feel that, but if they can, you know, have a have a short uh, bridge to that with the caffeine, that was kind of what we're going for. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, have yeah. So I mean, the the real the real formulas are the non-caffeine versions. We don't need it. It's not a crutch. It's not the you know immediately. I think. People think, oh, if you're caffeine and it's another energy drink, this is dime a dozen, me too. It's absolutely not. And in fact, it's it's almost a shame that we had to put it in because then, you know, we end up talking about it on calls like this, which makes <laughs> the rest of the formula you know, seem like it doesn't work at all, right? If we're just going to talk caffeine. Well, interestingly, so, you know, we're, we're looking to take it out. We'll, we'll get it out of there as soon as possible, as soon as, you know, we can find the right formula that'll, that'll have it yep. up first at the beginning so people will stick with it. Yeah, and it's interesting because I've been a customer of, you know, True Brain, and I never, I, I, and the drink version too, and like I never actually even thought of you guys as an energy drink company. Mm-hmm. I like, great, but great. Reagan, I know, that. I know what nootropics are, and I, and I've, I've thought of you guys as a nootropic company, not as an energy drink company. But <laughs> I'm probably in the minority of the mass consumers, but I see exactly what you're talking about, and you know, I, 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 I love caffeine. I. I drink at least two cups of coffee, uh, you know, every single day, and I like the the rush and the effect that I get. But I also know that it's not what is responsible when I'm when I'm flowing really well, having been doing nootropics for a while. That that's not where the effect is coming from. That being said, off of caffeine, I wanted to circle back to something you said in the very beginning, talking about the like certain drugs that really. What did you say that they do to dopamine? Though what was the word? Well, um, like, uh, most of the psychopaths uh, um, will it's a dopamine burst, essentially, and that's why you get a sense of salience, a sense of finding things interesting and motivation, yeah. essentially. Uh, and that's, so, like, that's a dopaminergic that's rush. That's the hard side. That's the hard okay, right. side. You get a, it's one, two punch is the, is the real problem. But, but um, you know, Adderall it falls into that category as well. Look at the structure of Adderall and the structure of methamphetamine. Right? Not that different. That's, when um, that's where I wanted to go because I, I yeah. really kind of want to talk about the difference 
um, because so many people are using like Adderalls and Ritalins. I mean, with adults, I mean, you're seeing a lot more, I think, people using Adderall, whether it's to party or to study or to just get through work. And I do know from some basic research that I've done that there's a there's a pretty big difference in the mechanism of why Adderall makes you really um, attentive versus good nootropics. So you said, and I, I'm repeating, I'm trying to repeat this just so that I know that I got it, mm-hmm. but so Adderalls and Ritalins in that class of the pharma, you know, the, the pharmacy drugs, those are playing on a similar mechanism to the harder drugs, right? Like the, the real stimulants that are, that are really... Yes, amazing. to the cocaine, the methamphetamine, the amphetamines. Yes, exactly. Those are... Right, those are so you... Projects. Mm-hmm. Right. So and then the the the, the racetams fam, families and the other and the, the the other types of things that like I know that you guys include in True Brain, et cetera, those are using a completely different mechanism that aren't creating the withdrawal and the heavy side effects and everything else. So you get the you get the, the good side, but you're not getting the downside. Exactly. We're 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 not directly going after manipulating dopamine uh we're, you know mm-hmm. um in, in general in the brain if you go at an end product if you manipulate things in the synapse or the re- release of neurotransmitters into the synapse or you affect receptor activity in the synapse um you're affecting uh the whole sort of circuit and the brain notices that and if you're monkeying with the end product the end the final step it will do everything in its power to adjust back to some other baseline because it doesn't like to be driven very hard in one direction so this is why you develop tolerance and habituation and many things. This is why we have to go up in drugs and abuse. Otherwise, we stop having effects. The brain, you know, adjusts. Um, with that, though, there are things you can do to the dopamine system to support dopamine without adding a final burst of dopamine in the synapse. Um, the strategy we've used in True Brain is using tyrosine. Uh, tyrosine is actually the raw material in the brain for making dopamine. And a dopaminergic neuron will use tyrosine and run it through several enzymatic sort of steps and end up with dopamine as an end product and then packages into vesicles to be released. So it's not actually making dopamine shoot out of the cell, but if you're somebody who um, has maybe an issue with dopamine metabolism or someone who has abused their dopamine system with lots of stimulants historically, then we decided to put uh, tyrosine into true brain just so the raw materials would be um, plentiful and you wouldn't have any issue manufacturing dopamine if you need to. This gets out of the issue of, of overdriving a system and lets the system regulate how it wants to, but with no limits on raw materials. So it's a much more conservative approach, but it also produces sort of a more sustainable day in, day out support to dopamine system without it being hijacked the way that you know, cocaine or Adderall or meth might hijack the dopamine system. Absolutely. So speaking about other drugs and their, their comparisons to this, some of the other readings I've done, which uh, it, I guess in some circles could be pretty controversial, is that one of the most proven quote-unquote nootropics or I guess cognitive enhancers is, is, is pure nicotine. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you address that? Because I know that that's, that's really uh, controversial, especially right now, but um, can you address the... You know, how yeah, I mean, works? I, I honestly think a, it's, it's, it's not a great substance in my... In my uh, my perspective, right, yeah, exactly. and the reason is because it fails almost every one of the nootropic uh, uh, check marks for me. Um, it is habit forming, potentially dramatically so. Nicotine yeah. has an addictive mm-hmm. potential that is more than the the learning that is created is potentially harder to break than that of heroin. Um, the yeah. withdrawal symptoms are not as severe as, as heroin is, but the learning, the the addiction, is actually you know dramatic. 
um, with nicotine. And also, uh, nicotine by itself is carcinogenic, not as dramatically mm-hmm. carcinogenic as burning tobacco and star and everything else. But nicotine by itself is pro-tumor. So, I mean, those two reasons alone. So people I, who think they can kind of get around the and, – and I've never been a smoker. I don't, I've mm-hmm. never used nicotine as a new topic. I've just read. That's why I bring it up. But I, I've heard of some people for the cognitive effects, you know, getting into the uh, – using the patch, even mm-hmm. though they never smoked, just in order to get that. But um, you don't see any real ups- – with, with all the other great alternatives. Exactly. It's, it's more about that. Exactly. If you didn't have any, any options and nicotine is the only game in town, there might be some rationale for it. But there's so many other things that do not have habit formation or addiction as one of their side effects where, they're, where the, the toxicity if – you, if you put you know, the, another nicotine patch on by mistake, you get very sick. You know, if you leave one on for too yeah. long, you can get very sick. Uh, nicotine's poisonous. Nicotine, uh, historically, before we used it in cigarettes, was an herbicide. You know, uh, Native Americans have been using it for years to kill plants. Um, it's really, really toxic, uh, tobacco, and it's really nicotine. And um, slightly large amounts, you know, more than you're used to, will produce dramatically painful physiological side effects. So it fails that, that dose response safety thing for me. It's not necessarily neuroprotective does have some risks in carcinogen land and um you know there's that there's that really dramatic habit formation potential and so why not use nootropics true nootropics do not have any habit formation in fact the racetan class from all reports we're getting seem to work better the longer you take them there's a reverse tolerance so people are concerned about one of the things i've noticed about Mm -hmm. this that the more nootropics i take and i almost all the nootropics i've ever taken with you know, with the exception of a handful of experiments and with different non-racetam based have been racetams just because okay. they work so well for me. And I've noticed that I, the more often that I've taken them, the less I need in order to get yeah. the effect. We don't know why. I, I mean, that. I have some theories, but um, what we're discovering is this is why it works better as a regimen because taking them, you know, at a moderate dose or a low dose day in, day out, things start to shift after a few weeks. Um, I mean, you get some effects a couple of days in from, from, from the capsules, often from the first day. It's great. You know, it's, it's exactly what we're looking for. But something else happens five or six weeks in. And from a business perspective, that's really hard to market. I mean, for me personally, five or six weeks in to, to my first Parastim experience, uh, and for the next several months, what I noticed was memory access. So I suddenly, mm-hmm. um, for about six months straight, I was taking, this is before True Brain, uh, I was sort of self-hacking. Um, and I was taking um, a couple grams uh, of, tr- of paracetam a day, and for like six or eight months, I was recalling an unbelievable array of childhood memories of places that I had been, not experiences, places. Like close my eyes and see my fifth grade classroom with its brick wall and its lowercase and uppercase, you know, alphabet <laughs> across the top, and see it in like full 3D. I mean, it was a very wow. intense experience. Um, and, you know, not to suggest that everyone who tries racetams will have that experience, but there's something going on. And, 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 and we get effects in the first couple of days, but something else, deeper, more subtle, and more memory-based effects seem to show up later in the process. Very difficult to market. Very difficult to tell people, oh, yeah, here's some effects you're going to get on day one or two or three, and then there's some other effects you might get a month or two in. So we just don't talk yeah. about them for the most part in the product marketing. Take it um, up and you'll remember your past lives. Right, yeah. I mean, that's, I think that might fail the uh, the snake oil uh, test too for many reasons. Uh, I think so, a little bit, yeah. A little bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great, yeah. No, so I, 
and I noticed that the it looks like the primary Recitam that you use in TrueBrain is the Oxy Recitam, right? Well, the capsules um, I think are still Paracetam based, although we also have some Paracetam and Oxy Recitam capsules. And okay. the drinks are um, mostly Oxytam based. Again, we have some Paracetam and Oxy Recitam drinks that we're testing now. Can you tell me kind of the difference between the two? Well, in, in, you know, they're, 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 they're among, the sure. They're, they're the most similar. Of all the Recitams, I would say they're the most similar to each other. Um, Oxyracetam mm-hmm. is very similar to Paracetam with a couple of differences. And this is, I think, why we chose it really for the, the drinks. Um, the, 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 the flavor of the raw powder is much less uh, aversive. In so Paracetam tastes like butt. It's terrible. And, and it's not even that bad for nootropics, unfortunately. But oxyracetam <laughs> is, is much milder than, than, than piracetam. Um, oxy is also sort of better soluble. And oxy tends to be a little bit longer lasting. You know, um, we considered aniracetam, for instance, which some of the, the people on the team really like. I don't, I don't love it. It makes me kind of uh, low energy. But, ox, but we, we avoided aniracetam because it has a window of about 90 minutes of effect, which just isn't really good for a product. Oh, okay. um, piracetam... Mm-hmm. I haven't heard. I haven't used phenylpyracetam, but I've heard of phenyl. Uh, yeah, it is phenyl. What's what's the story on that one? Phenyl phenyl's wonderful. It's very paracetam based uh, or very paracetam like in effect, but it's also got the phenylethylamine group kind of like a stimulant. So it does this sort of mm. stimulant like. It's sort of stimulant like effect. Um, Probably why phenyl- these people like it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And phenylpyracetam is not something that is probably useful day in day out. Phenylpyracetam does produce pretty quick tolerance the second or third day you take it. And it's probably not because of the, of the, of the paracetam component, probably because of the phenyl group so, or the phenyl group. Um, that's probably why. It's a lot closer to a stimulant structure. So it has that sort of quick habituation. We wouldn't put phenyl paracetam in a day-in, day-out blend, um, although we are actually experimenting with it now. Um, we have a new product coming out. Soon. I think it's actually available uh, if you go to the site directly, but it's a coffee product that has these um, boost sticks and the sticks have... Yes, I was um, going to talk about that. I actually have some at home. Yes, so I was going to bring that up. The, I have some. Uh, the gold-colored sticks then, which are uh, theanine and alpha-GPC based, but Chris and, and Derek have been working on a... Chris, what do you call them? Dynamite sticks now? And they're um, phenylparacetam and uh, choline yeah, based. Yes, yeah. we, we do have um, what we're calling them jumps Sticks. Jump, jump sticks. Cool. I know, yeah, we were talking over each other. I'm sorry about that. But sure. yeah, so I've liked I've liked those. I've been trying those now for about a week, week and a half, and those have been really good. I've noticed when I drink them in you know in my coffee. So oh, <laughs> I'm talking to you guys like I'm, I'm kind of forgetting that my podcast listeners are out there. And they're like, oh, what what is all this they're talking about? So you can see this on TrueBrain, uh, T-R-U-B-R-A-I-N dot com. You look at the coffee, but you guys have your own beans, but you also have these sticks. They, uh, you know, these little golden sticks you put in the coffee, they're tasteless, but um, they help basically the ones right now with the L-theanine and the alpha-GPC. It helps, what would you say, sm- not only smooth out and extend the The word I like caffeine. is buffer. The buffer, yeah. Yeah, buffer, because the choline stimulates you a little bit, and the theanine takes the top edge off the caffeine when you mix it with your coffee or your tea. And this is actually why yeah. tea itself produces a more smooth push and coffee's more of a jitter there's no theanine in coffee by default there is theanine naturally occurring in, in tea. tea and so right. we we basically took the the inspiration from tea and we're then dosing our coffee as if it's tea but then we add the alpha gpc choline for just a little bit more 
cognitive push. So we're really right. trying to sort of make a, you know, something that's between coffee and tea in effect, if you will. No, I love it. It's funny because they, these, they, it looks like a little stick of honey. And mm-hmm. I got these and I did not tell my wife and I have them by the coffee machine. And she comes in the other day and she's sucking <laughs> on one of them. And she's like, where'd you get this honey? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't taste like honey. I like, it's yeah. not honey. <laughs> I said, it's a very hard drug. You probably want to go lay down for a while. And she's like, are you serious? I was like, no, but no, next time ask me before you start sucking on my, uh, my stuff. I'm like, how come you didn't tell me? I was like, I didn't want you to use them. <laughs> Those are mine. But uh, anyway, that was that was funny. But uh, no, I've, I've absolutely noticed a better uh, coffee experience using that. And um, so, so I've really, really liked what you're doing there. And see, Listeners, they're not against caffeine. They've got. They just wanted you to use it. No, we're definitely not well, against caffeine. I mean, I'm no, I'm I'm the kind of guy that wakes up in the morning and, and makes like a 32 ounce pour over and then goes to work and makes <laughs> an espresso nice. and then you know what's what's the old joke? You wake I wake up with too much blood in my caffeine stream. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm definitely totally. overdoing it. You know, I have I, I keep a bottle of Elfinian around in my office for the days where I go, okay, that was one cup too many. You know, and yeah. I. I'm absolutely a culprit. I'm the kind of person we're trying not to encourage to drink too much coffee. We're giving folks another option with uh, the racetam-based uh, active nootropics. So that's great. Um, what are some of the what are some of the other cool developments that you guys are seeing out there in this you know kind of in this world that really aren't necessarily either on the market by you guys or anything else? I mean, is there anything just uh, that you're seeing that is really exciting? Whether it's technology based or yeah. pharmaco, I mean, I think I think the tech is where we're um, where we're most excited about. But there's also a lot of vaporware there. You know, this sort of wearable space isn't quite mature yet. Yeah, a lot of devices that users don't really do them. Most of the EEG devices out there are total bunk, to put it you know mm-hmm. generously. Um, and uh, that being said, we're starting to see devices show up. And wearables in uh, come down in cost and down in complexity to the point where we're starting to be able to do uh, research to validate some of these things, and that's really to me as an EEG researcher incredibly exciting. Maybe less so to other people, but um, you know, I when I first got involved with EEG, it would take me about half an hour to stick wires to you know twenty five whatever spots in your head. And mm-hmm. um, I've been doing EEG for, you know, 15 years or something. And it's a very messy, involved, tricky process. And we now have um, some completely wireless, dry, and Bluetooth headsets. So really? the, the process of putting on an EEG now in my uh, focus lab is putting on this little headset, kind of fitting it to your head, adjusting some of the sensors so they sit flat against your hair, and then stepping back and hitting record. It's about a 30-second oh, cool. to, to two-minute setup, and there's no cleanup. Your hair is not full of poop. So this really sort of frees up. So what are up. some of the benefits of that? Because like a lot of people yeah. probably are like, whoa, we just switched topics. What's going on here? <laughs> but, and, I, and I've got some friends who've, who've done some of this um, work. Uh, some of them, have, you know, to, in order to cure, you know, really bad concussions they've got. Sure. Or, you know, yeah, like various things. Yeah, yeah. Neurofeedback, yeah. So yeah, what, I mean, what so, so what the, Andrew and I are doing – what we're really trying to do together here with this is, you know, when we look at our customer base and, you know, people that we had been involved with, it's, you know, how can we help these ambitious people who want to, you know, they really want to be somebody, you know, these are driven people, mm-hmm. they want to do more, they want to, you know, work smarter, better, more efficient. And I think it's like that efficiency that we're really trying to address. And if you think about what it is to be more efficient, 
you know, you want to understand that like equation that you have for productivity. And we believe that that equation all starts with the human brain, right? The, that the brain sort of trumps all the other things that you could be, you know, trying and doing. Um, and, you know, as a way to think about like quantifying your performance, that's a function of, you know, a lot of different factors like sleep, meditation, workouts, diet, and, you know, true brain, you know, we started sort of narrow. If you think about that big equation, we started narrow and, you know, we're pretty humble about that charter that, you know, true brain is only one piece to the, to the equation that fits under diet, right? And there's a lot of other things in diet, but this is just one, you know, functional drink that we think, you know, based on the data and based on what we measure in this, in this algorithm um, is, is the best there. But the bigger piece that, that I think is fascinating that Andrew and I are working on together is how can we quantify each of these pieces and see how you deal with just stress and distractions and, you know, multitasking. And, you know, a lot of people love to brag. I'm so good at multitasking. Well, but that's not a good thing necessarily because it's, you know, depleting no. resources in your brain. And, you know, and Andrew can tell you kind of exactly what that is. But and Andrew, um, he's done this, you know, so we have this collaborative that we've opened up. I mean, he's done this for CEOs, hedge fund guys. I mean, artists, celebrities, and, you know, looking exactly at what's happening when you have a good night of sleep. You don't know what you're distracted or what is, you know, everybody's talking a big game about getting you and telling you how you can get more into that flow state or like the zone, right? But yeah. we're out there actually measuring, you know, this is, to me, it's the equivalent, you know, when I'm out and I tell people, well, what does that actually mean that you're measuring the brainwaves? It's, it's kind of just like all the progression of the biomarkers that we look at, you know, you used to say, you used to go on a run and say, oh, you know, that was a really hard workout. I was sweating a lot. Well, I mean, that's like very <laughs> imprecise, right? Like very qualitative. And now you can mm -hmm. wear a Garmin with a heart rate monitor and you can measure it versus your friends, track it versus other workouts and look at the exact heart rate um, mm -hmm. and, you know, look at all these different biomarkers. That's where we think it's going with the brain. And we think that the brain trumps the entire equation for everything else that you might be looking at um, that doesn't, you know, we're, we're like really excited about here and of course like we have analog non-digital you know products as well that we sell um, but we think that like validating them and work at it wherever we can help in the equation and be like that resource um for people and we've actually been selling more and more packages where we'll have people come to la you know meet with andrew and the team and also have a you know, we'll bundle it together with our drinks. We just had a holiday promo that was really um, successful as well, where people are going to be flying into, you know, Andrew in LA. And, you know, if, uh, I'm always trying to pepper Andrew with ideas. Like if we can, you know, we might do a, um, a truck, like a food truck and go around um, and try to do, you know, validation that way as well to get this out there because no, nobody's building this type of thing that we're building in this, in this way. So that we're, we're super excited about on the, on the tech side. Nice. That's yeah. That is really exciting. And I, so you guys do. So is the neurofeedback part of this? So you you know you not part of true brain. Words. I haven't had my true brain this morning. But uh, <laughs> as the uh, yeah, if you think about it, like you know, what, what, the measurement comes first, right? If you think about yeah, you measure how you, the neurofeedback is that more like the treatment? It is, yeah. So, so there's, well, that's there's, one adjustment, there's, there's right? two companies here, right? So there's True Brain and Peak Brain, and True Brain is something Chris and I are working on together. Um, we help design mm -hmm. uh, the product, um, and then uh, Peak Brain is my uh, brain training center in Los Angeles, where oh, cool. we have a focus lab for True Brain hosted inside of Peak Brain Center, 
And we also do QEG brain assessments and neurofeedback uh, training at Peak Brain for you know broad uh, brains, not just the True Brain user base, so to speak. So um, it's a little bit you know True Brains in Santa Monica, Peak Brains in Culver City. We're you know three miles apart or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, there's a lot of collaboration, but we're also uh, the the things that that we're most excited about the overlap is that Chris said the quantification of essentially the effects of performance, fatigue, um, uh, sleep on the brain and how that is changed by the sort of active nootropic uh, tool set that we have to offer. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, so if you think about it like really simply, like kind of like one, two, three, right? Like one, measure and understand like the brain waves, right? And that that happens in both. And step two is like make adjustments to optimize, you know, to whatever your goals are. We run goals are you know, off their performance, right? Like concentration and efficiency. So true brain is one thing that you could optimize in that diet piece. And another thing that you could try to optimize. And then you three is measure and, and adjust and sort of repeat, right? So it's just like anything else. If you're going to measure your your speed and your heart rate on a run, and then you're going to get a better sleep the next day, or you're going to you know do whatever adjustments, diet, et cetera. And then you're going to try to test it again. It's the same thing with um, with the brain. That's why it's such a good um, of, of uh, bringing together what we're doing. Yeah, that's really why we're why we're focusing on on quantified stuff. I mean, you know, to, to break it down a little more concretely, one example is we're looking at you know brain waves, but then we're looking at uh, algorithms for for uh, measuring cognitive fatigue or lack of willingness to keep performing. And we're looking at how yeah. the brain changes over you know an hour of performance and. That's usable data, even outside the context of TrueBrain, that's usable data. But in the context, can TrueBrain modify that? Can race tams modify that? Um, you know, is it caffeine or no caffeine? These are all questions that need to be answered to take the nootropic space and make it a little bit more respectable, a little bit less of a wild west. And we feel that we are, are sort of best poised to, to make those, uh, those assessments. That's great. You know, one of the last questions I want to ask you, and especially, it just kind of popped into my into my brain here um, at the end, but we were talking about Adderall and Rillin and stuff before. So when it comes to children, are, these are obviously, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, they're very safe, but do, do you recommend True Brain or other nootropics for children? No, we, who are- we don't only because there's no, uh, no research on them. Um, and we're being really okay. cautious in terms of recommending. The, the LD50, the toxicity of paracetam is significantly higher, significantly lower than salt. So you have to, you basically can't <laughs> eat enough paracetam to, to, to have it hurt you. That being said, yeah. there's just not been studies on normal children. Um, and so yeah. therefore we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to recommend it. But if I had a teenager right. who had some attention problems, I would probably be to him or her, you know? Yeah. Especially if it was a like Adderall Ritalin versus Nootropics. <laughs> I have a feeling I know what your answer would be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nootropics every time. Yeah, bingo. Well, guys, this has been this has been fantastic. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add. Uh, you, you've definitely answered a lot of questions that I've had and satisfied a bunch of curiosity. And I know for my listeners, if you are, uh, if you've been playing around like you know I have with various nootropics and uh, cognitive enhancers, whether it's just caffeine or methamphetamine before work, and you want to. Uh, if this made sense and you want to give it a try, I definitely recommend TrueBrain, T-R-U-B-R-A-I-N.com. And you can you can go see all the various 
products that you guys have, you can check out BigBrainInstitute.com, and you can see some of the uh, some of the advancements in neurofeedback and brain mapping, et cetera, that Dr. Hill is doing. Is there anything else that you gentlemen want to add on, um, you know, to, to my listeners? Anything we kind of missed out on that I didn't ask? So, Chris, anything to plug for the holiday season? Oh, yeah, we do have some holiday promos going. Um, it is, you know, you can email in about it. I believe the URL is promo.truebrain.com forward slash gift. Um, we have some really nice. cool, unique holiday packages that we put together. And I think for your audience, if you want, I don't do you, if you give out promo codes, um, uh, we had one made up for you yeah. guys, just the promo code yeah. bacon, um, yep. which is a 25% off, uh, anything, <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. anything that we have going. That's, so that's great. So yeah, guys, uh, just to reiterate that, go over to true brain or go to promo dot truebrain.com slash gifts for the holiday season. But anytime that you're listening to this, use the promo code BACON and uh, you will get 25% off. So I, that's, that's really generous of you guys. I really appreciate it. And I know I'll be using it for my own orders as well. So um, if there's nothing else, guys, I look forward to connecting with you offline and keeping this relationship going and you know, letting you know how my experience goes both with you know your various supplements, but also looking forward to the the new coffee sticks that you guys are coming out with mm-hmm. as well that are the less time based. So um, just all around fun. It's a fun, fun topic. I know my, my audience loves it. I love it. And, you know, with as many distractions and as many pulls on the attention and focus and energy levels of entrepreneurs, I mean, everybody out there is facing this, but, you know, you know my, my audience, our business owners and entrepreneurs themselves. And there's probably not many people that I can think of who are more taxed and stressed and, you know, full of a million things that need to be performing at the top of their game than us. So um, I know that there's going to be some people out there. It's like, I mean, I got to give this a try because any edge that I can get is not only going to help me perform better, but potentially keep my business from falling apart. So right guys, yeah, guys, good. Check out true brain. And, um, Everybody else, if you're listening and you've listened this far, that means you like what we're doing. So if you want more of this, if you have any feedback, if you want to tell me that we're uh, doing great or that we're doing terrible, either one, send me an email to askbrad at baconwrappedbusiness.com. If you have not subscribed on iTunes, subscribe, hit that little button. And if you're not on my newsletter, you can also do that. Just go over to baconwrappedbusiness.com, jump on my newsletter because I do send very special trainings and promotions out to people that, you know, they don't get it on the podcast. And um, the one thing I don't want you to do under any circumstances, leave a five-star review on iTunes. Don't do that. I'm employing reverse psychology right now to try to actually get you to do that. But um, Dr. Hill, Chris, guys, I really appreciate your time on the show today. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate being here. My pleasure. Yeah, that was great. Thanks again. Absolutely. You guys are doing uh, great things. So uh, until next time, guys, I will see you soon. This is Brad Costanzo, over and out. All right. That was good. Cool. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, I have to do a little bit of editing. We had some audio issues, obviously. But um, in general, this should be out. I'm going to try to get it out next week. What is today? I may be able to get it out at the end of the week, but probably not. But I'm probably Monday or Tuesday this will be coming out.
Okay, sounds good. Yeah, sorry cool. about I, I, what happened there on the uh, on the audio. It sounded fine to me. I mean, like I couldn't tell, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah. Well, hopefully, it's hard, um, it's hard to tell. Magic of post production. <laughs> cool. Yep. So, All right, guys. Thanks. Uh, nice, nice speaking with you today. Absolutely. And by the okay, way, cool. if there's anybody else, it, it, I, I know a few other. Um, you know, podcasters with some really good audiences. If you'd at least been interested, I'm happy to make some other introductions, help you guys continue to spread the word. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Totally I don't know if I should just do that with Derek or with you guys or. Yeah, you can start with Derek probably. He's probably a little bit more bandwidth for um, chasing those things right now. It'd be great. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. All righty. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. And I will talk to you soon.